Today's episode features a special guest. We just wanted to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed by our guests don't always reflect those of Dr. Jen, Dr. Serene, and Is It Bedtime Yet? Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? with Dr. Jen and Dr. Serene. I'm Dr. Serene, and I'm here with Dr. Jen remotely again. Hey, Serene. And and we have a special guest with us today. Um, We have Krista Bevan, a dynamic self-care coach for Radical Mothers. Hi, Krista. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So can you share with us a little bit about what you do? Sure. So like you said, I'm a dynamic self-care coach for radical mothers. So let me just first start off with telling you what the heck a radical mother is, because this is a (laughs) concept that um, I came up with. Well, I didn't come up with it, but I've named it that. Uh, And essentially, it's a mother who is doing the work of disrupting cycles of generational trauma. And she's doing that in order to give her children a better life. She's realized that she actually needs to do some of the deep interpersonal development work that it takes on herself in order to actually be able to offer her kids a better life. And a lot of that looks like disrupting these cycles and these patterns of trauma that so many of us have inherited. And I do this because I needed it in my own life. This was, I came to this work out of necessity. This was my calling long before my son was actually even born. I knew that I needed to do this work on myself and disrupt some of the things that I had experienced as a child and also the sort of the the ways that I saw parenting happening, both from my own parents, but also on a bigger, broader cultural level. And so I I started doing this work and I started having to really find tools to help myself. And along the way, I felt really, really lonely and really, really alone in this work. And I felt like, no, I didn't see anyone else doing it. And, but I also knew I had this knowing that I couldn't possibly be the only one. And then after my son was actually born and I was officially a mother, I started connecting with these other women and these other mothers who were doing the same thing. They weren't calling themselves radical mothers at that point. And I started to realize that that was part of what was so desperately missing for me is that connection and community with others. And so I have shifted my work to really focus on this area because I promised myself that if I found something that helped me, I wanted to share that and pass it on to the next radical mother behind me who was probably also feeling the same way that I was lonely and isolated. So so that's what I, that's who I help. And I do it through this model of dynamic self-care, which we can get into more, but essentially it's the, the tools that I found along my journey that really helped me to be able to do that transformational work. Wow. You know, the, the thing that stands out for me the most from what you just said is, first of all, the amount of insight and awareness it takes to be able to like notice the patterns that you have in your life, the experiences that you've had, and then wanting to break that moving forward. But also because it's such like inward work, it's all like insight oriented and like an inward perspective. You're right. Like that can feel so incredibly lonely and isolating because you're looking inward working on yourself so much that 
it's great that you then took that shift to figure out how can I turn this externally and how can I take this and move forward and incorporate other people and help other people with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you do have to do the work on your own, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. And I think right. that that's something that, you know, I think mothering in general is is better when we do it together. And I think yeah. we've stepped, you know, the pandemic and everything that that's brought in terms of disconnection that, you know, putting all of that aside, I felt this way before that, that we've stepped so far away from mothering in community and relying on a village of other mothers to guide and support and inspire us that that there's something there there's a reason that we did it that way in the past because that's how we're able to do it and so I really feel like when we can try to get back to that as much as possible even while doing this very personal work I think it benefits us all that makes so much sense. And that, I mean, it really correlates with what uh, Serena and I talk about all the time, which is like the the need for connection, the need to like lift each other up, the need to like connect as parents. So I love that you're on the same wavelength with us there. And, you know, I was just curious what you meant by it could be isolating and it could be lonely in terms of your experiences and what you've seen. So it's because this is not the kind of stuff that you see on TV. It's not the kind of stuff that you hear your girlfriends talking about. It's not the kind of work that you watched your own mother do. Because chances are, if your mother was doing this work, then you probably don't have to do as much (laughs) of it yourself, right? That's such a good point. Yeah. And so we don't have a lot of role models for this. And so, and that was true for me that I wasn't seeing other women. And again, for me, this, this actually started before I became a mother, though most of the women that I work with now have kind of come to this conclusion after their children have been born. But either way, it's about really wanting to mother differently and doing so in this conscious way that includes us as mothers in the conversation, right? So much of what we do as mothers is looking out for others, taking care of our children, making sure our households are run, all of these other different obligations that are external. For most of us, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room at the end of the day for us. But the reality is, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir here with you two, but the reality is if we aren't taking care of ourselves, how can we possibly take care of other people? And the other thing is I started realizing that you know, so it's the it's the universal wish of mothers everywhere that we want our kids to have better than we did. I don't think there's anyone that can disagree with that. And what I started seeing as the missing piece is that we can't actually give our children better if we don't have better first. Because if we want, you know, if we want our daughters to grow up loving themselves and practicing self-love or practicing appreciating their bodies. And then we're doing something else. That's what we're modeling. You know, we all, we know that our kids are watching us and they're watching our behavior and mimicking that as much as they are listening to our words. So we really have to walk the walk and talk the talk on this stuff if we want our children to be able to do it when they grow up, if we want them to have compassion for themselves and for others, if we want them to take care of themselves, if we want them to have a healthy mix of work and play, rest and activity can we really give that to them if we're not showing them that ourselves? And I don't think that we can, but we don't hear that permission as mothers enough that it's okay for us to practice 
self-care and and what I call dynamic self-care, which is really self-care that's nourishing you on these deeper levels, we aren't told that that's okay. There isn't space for that in the conversation, at least not enough space. And that's the work that I'm doing is trying to make more room for that conversation because I think it's so important. I 100% agree. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was, that was going to be one of my questions for you is talk to us about dynamic self-care. What what does dynamic self-care mean and how can parents incorporate that into their self-care practices? Sure. So dynamic self-care, I like coming up with my own terms. So this is, <laughs> this is my own term that I have invented. Uh, but essentially I wanted something, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with the word self-care yes. because it's something that you know, as much as I love and appreciate it, it's also become really diluted in terms of, you know, what it means these days. Yeah. And so one of, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was just thinking like one of our very first episodes was addressing just that, like what self-care means now and what it it doesn't have to mean any of those things. It could mean what you want it to mean, what self-care is for you. So I'm so happy you're like expanding on this because I think this is something that's really important to me and Jen and something we try to really talk about in any episode we can get it in at. So please, I will not (laughs) interrupt you. Go ahead. (laughs) Great. Um, So essentially what I do is I distinguish dynamic self-care from what I call Pinterest style self-care. And we all know what that is. It's the stuff that looks really pretty online. It, you know, it's nice. It's, you know, it's bottles of wine and dark chocolate and going and getting a manicure and a spa day with your girlfriends, bubble baths, like those things, which are all wonderful things. And I love them all. But what are those doing for you if your internal dialogue is full of self-hatred, if you are not practicing self-compassion, if you are not allowing yourself to rest? Right. So for me, dynamic self-care is made up of three pillars, which are self-awareness, self-compassion and self-love. And the way I see it is when we can practice those and we can shift what we offer ourselves internally as as care and how we treat ourselves, how we frame the relationship that we have within our own selves. Mm -hmm. It then means when we go and do those other things, they're more effective and they actually help reset us, right? Because those things aren't doing a whole lot on the back end for our nervous system to really come back to a place of regulation. I'm really big on, here's another term I created, but nervous (laughs) system literacy and really understanding the way your nervous system works so -hmm. that you're using it and using the care that you offer yourself to nourish yourself rather than just distract yourself, which is how I see a lot of self-care practices. And the other thing is, let's face it, as mothers, we don't always have time or space or capacity to go do those things. Right. We need self-care that's something that we can incorporate into our life and into our day. So that means being mindful about how we are feeling when our toddler's having a meltdown on the floor or making sure that we're meeting our basic needs of going pee when we need to go pee or eating a snack when we're hungry so that we don't get to this place of dysregulation where our child is screaming and then we're yelling at them and then we feel bad about that and we create this whole cycle of shame and then we stew in that. If you go and take a hot bubble bath after that, but you're sitting in hot water physically, but you're also sitting in hot water metaphorically in your own mind, 
what is that really doing for you? And so dynamic self-care is a way of, of reframing these things, doing that work, finding tools and resources and, and practices that facilitate awareness and compassion and love all for yourself. So it's, it's kind of something that's different, but that can be applied into your life as a mother. I really, really like that differentiation and that distinction because I think it's something that's missing so much in the conversation around self-care, especially with parents. Yeah. We we always talk about how people feel like they need to actively do something for self-care, like mm-hmm. going to the hair salon and getting your hair done or cut or whatever, or going to get a massage or going to the gym. And, and all these things are very active things that may kind of like almost throw you off if you're already just exhausted and do not want one more thing on your plate, another appointment on your schedule. Uh, on your daily schedule, it's going to add to that. And you, if you feel like it's adding to that, then that's not self-care. Self-care is exactly what you said, just being present in the moment and identifying what your needs are in that moment. If it's taking like a 10 minute break and doing deep breathing and coming back from a place of anger and frustration because your kid is having a meltdown, then that's self-care. It doesn't have to be, like you said, a Pinterest thing where it looks beautiful and there's this bubble bath and there's champagne and there's, I, I don't know, you know. Um, I, th- I think that's such an important thing for parents to remember, for anybody to remember, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if there's one thing that 2020 taught us, it's that we can't always leave the house and go do those things either, right? So right. having other tools to rely on and other resources at our disposal is is pretty advisable anytime but especially you know when we're faced with not being able to go and do them what do you do then right well so you mentioned that one of the tools that you use with your clients is um is the TRE right the tension and trauma releasing exercises um can you explain that and tell us what that is and and how that helps Sure. So I'm a certified TRE provider, which is tension and trauma releasing exercises. And again, this was another piece of my story that I came, you know, I came to this work out of necessity that I was experiencing a lot of anxiety attacks and I just couldn't get rid of them. All the things I tried, nothing was helping. And I finally realized I had been doing talk therapy for a really long time, which was incredible. It saved my life. It was incredibly helpful but it got to a point where I was still having these symptoms and I realized I don't have anything left to talk about, but I'm still having this anxiety. And then I had this aha moment one day when I realized it's because it's not in my brain. You know, I'm I'm saying this in quotes, it's in my body Mm -hmm. and I need to find something that addresses that so that I can actually move past this. And so when I did that, I sort of you know put it out to the universe, I need something to help. And then TRE came across my path. And what TRE is doing is it's a series of physical exercises that you do to induce a natural shaking mechanism that your body has. And this shaking mechanism is something that all mammals can do. It's something that you've probably experienced yourself without realizing what it was or seen in Uh, animals. So like if you have dogs and you've seen them shaking when there's a loud noise or a thunderstorm or fireworks, that kind of thing, that shaking, we tend to think of that as meaning that you're scared. 
And the reality is, it's actually your nervous system trying to complete a stress activation. And when we don't allow that, those feelings of stress and those detrimental effects of having stress in our body can start to accumulate. And so what TRE does is it uses these physical exercises to get you into a place where that shaking starts to happen in your body. And in doing that, it discharges what's been sort of held and stored and and tightened up in your muscles and allows those to relax, allows your body to expand, allows your body to return to this place where it can expand and contract fluidly. And it helps move this stuff up and through and out of your system so that you feel better. It's a way to regulate your nervous system so that you aren't getting to that point where you are having panic attacks like I was, or you're not getting to the point where you're so triggered so easily by things in your life. I'm always saying that stress is inevitable. I can't take stress out of your life. I can't take it out of my life. But what I can do is help you deal with the stress that's inevitable. I can help you create a better capacity for handling it so that you don't get so overwhelmed. And for me, the biggest tool and the biggest thing that's been helpful for me, it has been my TRE practice because it allows me to have a much better tolerance of stress so that I don't get overwhelmed anymore. And that's why I love it. And I love it for mothers, especially because it's really easy to learn. It's quick to learn. It's something that you can practice while you're playing with your kids. So I'll be down on the floor, you know, my son will be playing blocks and I'll be doing my shaking practice or I'm holding him, rocking him to sleep and I'm standing and I'm shaking with my legs, right? It's a way, it's something that I can integrate into my mom life. And so mm-hmm. I love it for that because it's so, it's so handy in so many different ways. So the first thing that it makes me think of is that you mentioned that like you started with talk therapy and then kind of moved to this. And it sounds like that it, it probably would be helpful for a lot of people to have like that experience of doing the internal talk therapy, psychotherapy, insight work before moving into something like this. Okay, Krista. So if our listeners want to get a hold of you or reach out to you, how, how would they do that? So you can find more information about myself and TRE on my website, which is kristabevan.com. And then I also have a Facebook group that I facilitate. I call it my virtual village, which is for (laughs) other radical mothers where we can connect and support one another and share resources and inspiration and all of that. And that's on Facebook at the Radical Mother Village. Perfect. And and I was going to mention for uh, for our listeners, because I know we talk so much about like um, that obviously as therapists, like we're big, uh, advocates for, you know, reaching out for help when you feel like you need help. And so, you know, for our listeners or anybody who knows anybody who's going through this or experiencing trauma or dealing with their own stuff coming up as parents or their own like childhood stuff coming up as you become parents, definitely reach out and seek help. And there's so many different resources out there. And, you know, Krista just shared this, uh, this, modality that most people may not have even heard of. And so there's just so many resources out there for parents to look for. And of course there's therapy and all sorts of other uh, resources. So I just want to, I just kind of wanted to put that out there again. I know we talk about it all the time, but for people to never have to feel like they have to deal with any of this stuff alone and that, you know, there's lots of resources out there and lots of other people experiencing, you know, things that may be similar to what you may be experiencing. Absolutely. All right. And if you guys have any questions for us, feel free to email us at isabedtimeyetpodcast at gmail.com. 
or find us on Instagram at is it bedtime yet podcast with underscores between each words, each word, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, or, or on Facebook at is it bedtime yet podcast. Um, for today, this is Dr. Serene and I'm with Dr. Jen and Krista Bevan. And we're asking, is it bedtime yet? 